Good morning. Such a joy to be with you. I tend to be long-winded. I'm a teacher, and so I have a lot I want to impart to you. I was telling Pastor Justin, by the way, all kinds of love and greetings from Kenya. From my associate pastor, Pastor Davies Kamori, and Victory Faith Church in Nairobi, everyone was telling me as I was leaving, please greet Brother Jerry and Pastor Justin and Eric and everyone. Of course, they love Richard. Richard's mama goes to our church. So I had a shock last Sunday. This woman walked up to me who looked like Richard's mama. Only she had long, kind of auburn hair, and I kept looking at her. She looks like Richard's mama, and it was Richard's mama. I left her in Nairobi, and I met her here. So anyway, much greeting from our ministry in Nairobi, Kenya. I've got something I want to impart to you. Because what you do at the beginning of the year can determine the course of your whole year. Myself, I don't make New Year's resolutions. I don't mess around with that. I come before God and I ask, Lord, I need vision. I need greater vision. I need to hear from you. I need revelation knowledge of your will. Are we on the right course? I've asked him before, is there anything I'm not doing that you've called me to do? And I'm going to tell you some of the answers that he's given me as I go along. What you do, determinations that you make at the beginning of the year determine the whole course of your year. Don't you want to start out 2020 on course? So before I left Nairobi, we spent six weeks casting vision because I'm not there at the beginning of the year to do that. This is so significant. You know, Proverbs 29, 18, without a vision, the people perish. If we don't hear and receive revelation from the Lord, there, there is a type of perishing in our life We fall short of the will of God for our lives. And I don't know about you, but I'm at the stage in life I don't have time to waste. I want every year to count. I want every day to count. I was reading in 2019 in 2 Timothy 4.11. What I'm going to be sharing with you is based on that scripture. It says only, this is Paul writing, only Luke is with me. Think how, how lonely that would be. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you for he is useful for me in ministry. I want to key in on this word useful Because the series I did on casting vision, I took this word useful and this scripture, and we turned it into a prayer. Lord, how can we, remember I'm casting vision to the church, how can we be 
2020. Do you think that's a good prayer? Why don't we pray that right now? Just lift your hands before the Lord and say, Lord, how can we be more useful to you in 2020? And so we're still praying that, but there is insight that he's given us. This word useful means being of more service. It means useful means helpful. So we would want to be more helpful in 2020. The word useful means fruitful. So we want to be more fruitful in the kingdom of God. I love this. The word useful means doing good work. Aren't we called to do the good works of the kingdom? The word useful means effective. We want to be effective in alleviating suffering in the world. May I hear an amen. So this is the spirit I come to you today in. Lord, how can we be more useful to you in ministry. Hallelujah. And so as as we look at that, there's, uh, let me just make a couple of comments about vision. Vision. The Lord gave me a definition of vision that I just love. Vision is a piece of heaven. I wrote that down when he gave it to me. Vision is a piece of heaven of God's original intent for us that he wants to restore in our lives. Another thing, a vision from God is the work of the Holy Spirit restoring us to God's original plan and purpose to bless us and make us a blessing. Have you heard that scripture from Genesis 12? I will tell you, you will never get to the point that you're blessed abundantly to be a blessing until you step into God's vision for your life. He uses vision to restore you to his original plan and purpose to bless you and make you a blessing. May I hear an amen if that's the desire for your heart. And then... One more scripture, Acts 10.38, regarding vision. Acts 10.38, you know this scripture very well. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good. Number one, doing good. And healing, number two. Doing good and healing all who were were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. I, I want us to look at this very briefly. Doing good is the practical, physical way that Jesus was a blessing to people. In other words, it's what he did with his finances. So if we're praying, Lord, how can we be more useful to you? We have to ask God. What am I doing with my finances? Because he went about doing good works. And when you study that in the original language, it means what he did with his finances. It means to be a philanthropist. 
It means to be a benefactor to others. Doing good means one who supports financially works that meet the needs of disadvantaged people. Doing good, in the original language, means to meet physical needs such as food, clothing, and other material needs. So it's very important uh, to understand that we don't limit God when we ask him, how can we be more useful to you? One, it will involve your finances. It will involve prayer. It will involve service. All the good deeds that we do, I believe, are going to be highly rewarded by the Lord in 2020. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, how can we be more useful to you? This is not the only thing I do. It's what most people hear from me because how I need the body of Christ to participate with me in the work I do with orphans and vulnerable children. Church, the uh, UN says there are 153 million orphans and vulnerable children in the world. That is, that, that comprises nations. 53 million of those orphans and vulnerable children are in sub-Saharan Africa. Africa is the poorest continent on the earth. We've been ravaged and decimated by war, by drought, by famine, by disease, by HIV and AIDS, by not knowing the covenant of God, by practicing false religion, and so on and so forth. The, the continent has been greatly affected by the world of darkness. However, God loves Africa. In fact, God adores Africa, and Africa is precious in God's sight. And I know I don't look like it with my very light skin. I'm a former blonde. There's a lot of white in there now. but And I've got blue eyes, but I am a true African-American. I've got African soil in my very blood and, and bones. Hallelujah. And so um, the greatest part of the devastation... And the most vulnerable in any nation, any society, will always be the orphans who lose their mother and daddy, whose uh, perhaps family is fractured through polygamy, uh, through being abandoned as the father moves perhaps to another family. There are many sources of deep poverty, I think, is a huge source of, of the fracturing that we encounter in Africa. <clears throat> but God loves orphans and vulnerable children. They are so precious to his, to his heart. And I believe one of the reasons he sent my late husband and me to Kenya was on behalf of the precious orphans and vulnerable children who are the children of my heart. 
They may not be the children of my womb, but they are the children of my heart. And they are so, so precious. A number of you have been there, and you know how precious our children are. I want to give you a scripture that you might work into your vision if you never have before. I know this church certainly has. Pastor Justin and Annette and this church uh, are very active in fulfilling this scripture. But do you know many in the body of Christ do nothing where James one twenty seven is concerned? In the New Living Translation, it says, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means <clears throat> caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. And so if we're going to do any good works as Christians, James one twenty seven tells us how, how God wants us to be useful to him. One of the primary ways is that we care for these 153 million orphans and vulnerable children that are in the world who are so precious. Pastor Justin, when you come to our home, would you say our children are precious? They're amazing. I'm just going to boldly say as their mother, they are amazing children. They are amazing children. And I'm not the only one who says that, but everyone has a story of profound brokenness, of profound devastation, of deep heartbreak. I won't tell the whole thing for the sake of time, but I was on the phone Friday with one of my children who had stunted growth when I got him at 11, put him in school, found out he was brilliant. He had been kicked from pillar to post. He walked in to his little hut as a seven-year-old boy, and his mother had hung herself. And, uh, and, and no relative wanted him. Oh, I'll tell you, he has such a story. He was so outstanding. I used to pray, Lord, just let Eric be as tall as I am. And that's not saying much. That's how stunted he was. But... Uh, Today, but I watched Eric. We put him in school, found out he was brilliant. He quickly rose to number one in his class. Guests would come from America. Eric would just stand out to all of us. And one uh, in 2017, I was requested, Carla, if you, Eric was, I don't know, he was, I think, 17 then. If you will let us have Eric. We will finish educating him. We think he needs to get his education in America. So he came to America in 2017. That was not an easy thing to release him. and uh, But we did it. I had the witness of the Lord to do it. In talking with him, uh, he used to think math was addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. He is now in advanced placement calculus, and his grade is 100. That's how brilliant he is. You know, I say my going to Kenya, being planted there, I've been there 32 years now, 
So a huge portion of my life has been sown in that nation. All of it was worth it just for Eric. All of it was worth it just to rescue him. Actually, I feel that way about every child. Putting your heart into caring for children that God loves profoundly. Every bit as much as you love your children, God loves all the children of the world more profoundly than it's possible for you to even love your children. Hallelujah. I'm going, all the children I work with have experienced severe rejection. They've been broken in every possible way. Eric said something to me uh, Friday night that touched me so profoundly because I got Eric in 2012. My late husband died in 2012. And so my world was really fluid about that time. I was thrust into a position I never aspired to, certainly. And I was a good second, but not the first. And so um, I can tell you I wouldn't take anything for the years the Lord has used us to intervene in the lives of orphan children who've known the deepest rejection. Because they're superstitious in Africa very often about orphans, not all Africans, but very often they're rejected by their community. There's no one to care for them. They've known hunger. They, they've been sick, broken in every way. But Eric said Friday night, Mom, when you took me, I was more broken than I could possibly understand. But he said, every time you hugged me, I was healed. Every time you told me, I love you, I was healed. Every moment you spent with me, something on the inside of me was healed. So he's applying to universities now, and they're vying for him. He's such a scholar. I said, Eric, honey, what are you Because when he left Kenya, he wanted to be a lawyer, but he hadn't been exposed. So what do you want now? Well, I'm going, I think, into uh, bio. Now, I probably don't have this right, but biomedicine and biophysics. He said, Mom, when I got here and I was exposed to these subjects, Somehow, I just knew the answers. Y'all, we don't have this in Kenya. We don't have all of these subjects or opportunities in Kenya. But do you know what Eric said healed him? Is the love of God. And Pastor Justin, I want to say this to you and Annette, Dr. Savelle and Carolyn, and this church. You have helped me so much through the years to love these children. And it's only the love of God that can heal the deepest wounds of a broken heart. It's only the love of God, the anointing. Love produces the anointing. It's only the anointing that can break the yoke. Humanly, 
there's not very much we can do to heal a broken heart, but it is the anointing. Psalm 82 verses 3 through 4 says, defend the defenseless, the fatherless, and the forgotten, the disenfranchised, and the destitute. This is Psalm 82, 3 through 4 in the Passion Translation. Listen to verse 4. Your duty is to deliver the poor and the powerless, liberate them from the grasp of the wicked. See, this is our duty. Oh, the Word of God brings such clarity. Now, I'm not going to be able to say quite a bit that I was going to say, but um, I want to show the video, if we could. We, I've increased my outreach to orphans in 2019. I'm building a school. It's called Heritage Leadership Academy. And I send a bus that Dr. Savelle uh, provided for us. Boy, it's a beautiful bus. And I send that bus daily into the slums to bring out the most broken, dysfunctional. When we got these kids last year, chaotic. In fact, I can say there was not one godly structure in their lives. Now, they couldn't speak any language very well, but they sure could cuss. (laughs) I'll tell you, they would come with bruises and gashes and all kinds of marks because in the slum they would fight every day. And we had to, so they came cussing, spitting, kicking, slapping, fighting, resisting. There was not one godly structure in place. By July, I had the, I presented them in church for the first time. They were going to sing a song. And they're just this tall. I'm, I'm starting with three-year-olds. Because did you know by the time you're six-year-old, your brain is set for learning or not learning? And so if you can get them For two or three years before they're six years old, you can bring them out of deep, dark uh, impossibilities and bring them into the light. So these are just little fellas, and they walked up there with their arms behind their back. That's how they walk in the school, so they won't slap and punch. (laughs) There's a reason behind this, but they had their arms little fellas. The line went up on the platform and people started getting out their handkerchiefs and to wipe their eyes. And they stood up there and now this is July from January to July. And they didn't know God. Their family didn't know God. There was not one godly structure in their life. And they stood up there on the platform and sang, I am somebody. I've been washed by the blood. I'm not going to sing it for you. But uh, we were just stunned at the work 
God had done in their life. They, no one hit each other going up on the platform. No one tripped each other coming down the platform. We were stunned. I want to tell you, these are the best kids now. They're the best kids. And what we're doing with these little children, they take back to their families. It's changed their dest. Most of them live with destitute grandmothers. This is a real issue in Africa. Destitute grandmothers being responsible for their grandchildren. They have no way to take them forward in life. They have no thought of educating them. They're just in survival mode. So let's, so I started this school, our orphanage, our home, every bed is full. Every bed is occupied. So I thought I can enlarge my outreach through education. And, uh, Let's show this video of HLA. James 1.27 says, True religion and undefiled before God the Father is this, that you visit widows and orphans and keep oneself unspotted from the world. That word visit doesn't just mean drop in and have a small chat. The word visit means to set a table before them, that these children are precious to the Lord. And he asks his body to fulfill James 1.27 by stepping in and providing for them. In the garage, I began Heritage Leadership Academy with four basic tenets. Number one, is that those who attend Heritage Leadership Academy would know God. Number two, we would present them with an excellent curriculum. Number three, we would teach age-appropriate leadership principles. And number four, we would teach age-appropriate financial principles. And so just as a seed, we opened it in the garage of our home in 2016. But through the faithful partnership of Orphan's Promise and other partners, we have built four classrooms of Heritage Leadership Academy. Every class has two teachers. We have the lead teacher and an aid teacher. This has really helped to be able to minister to the children fully and ensuring that whatever need the child has is being met. So with this, we've been able to give them hope by providing them with, especially in Kenya, the Montessori curriculum is one of the most expensive curriculum we have available, yet very rich. So we are taking these children, giving them that which they would never have received. Currently, we have 47 students in the school. By the time they graduate preschool and primary school, that they will have a solid Christian faith in their heart and be academically advanced. We've received children who come in broken, 
people come in in need of love they actually some of them do not even know how to hug and then seeing them respond to the love we are giving them that really is such a fulfillment to me and oh what an adventure we've had because every day we send buses into uh, a nearby slum and we bring out orphan children that are primarily being raised by their elderly very poor grandmothers who can barely feed them the children come from brokenness so they come from a slum where there is high incidence of drug addiction alcoholism prostitution abuse of every form but today you would not dream these are the same children my hope is to see their destinies that the lord has for them being fulfilled some children want to be doctors our hope is that that desire in them is fulfilled and then also seeing the children change to the point that they are able to go back to their families and be a, a blessing that transforms their own homes and the communities around them An ongoing work. I've gotten three classrooms built. Uh, the the big blue room I'm using as a classroom. It's supposed to be a meeting room. So this is a work in progress, and I believe, Pastor Justin, I believe generations are going to be changed through this school. I really do. I've got far to go in that. I would say I'm one third of the way through with uh, construction. I used the Christian Montessori method, and uh, I had to be convinced to use it, but I'm so glad I did. It has produced fantastic change in the children, but it is a very expensive method. Uh, I import my furniture from Egypt, and the curriculum I'm using, we import from Malaysia, and so importation and all that's involved. Right now, this is very expensive for the ministry. You know, when you're laying a foundation and you're supplying what you're building, I guess those are the most expensive years. But uh, Pastor Justin, thank you so much for taking this into your heart, helping me with it, Dr. Savelle and Carolyn have been marvelous to help me make the progress that I've made. A few months ago, I was praying, Lord, you've never, I'm I'm just going to have to do bits and pieces now. Uh, Lord, you've never spoken to me anything about unreached people groups in Kenya. And if you have anything for me to do with unreached people groups, I want you to know I want to obey you. And in the latter part of of November, I received a call from a friend there in Kenya. She and her husband had found two girls abandoned at the side of a road in a very dangerous 
warlike part of Kenya. The further you go from Nairobi, the capital city, which is the most developed city, the less people think of themselves as Kenyans. Richard, is that true? In the hinterland, the you know, when you're out there, it's kind of like, what does Kenya have to do with me? They're their own law and order. So the Turkana people, there have been efforts made to evangelize there, but they're cousins to the Maasai. They're nomadic. They have a very strong culture. It includes polygamy. And they like to fight. They fought the British tooth and nail when Kenya was a British colony years ago. And they still like to fight, so they fight the other tribes. So the Turkana are kind of a warlike tribe. And so these two little girls had a drunken, violent father. The mother was long gone. And so my friends took them to the chief. The chief said they're in danger of being captured and abused. So you, I'm giving them to you. And she brought me these two little Turkana girls. It seems like no matter what I ask the Lord about doing, he brings orphans and vulnerable children uh, as the answer to my asking. So that was a new thing. Let me start the pictures and I'll go as far as I can with that. These are some of the children from the slum with their grandmothers. You know, you can be a grandmother in Kenya in your 30s. And so it's not like it is here. And so these are the early days when some of them would gather together for school. And do you see the little boy with the uh, yellow arrow and the little girl on the back row with the yellow arrow? Go forward. This is Kelvin. Kelvin's father abandoned the family with four children. The mother became pregnant by another man, and he infected her with HIV AIDS. She rejected Kelvin. So when we got Kelvin, Kelvin didn't know how to do anything. He didn't know how to feed himself, didn't know how to go to the bathroom. He literally could not lift his finger to help himself. And so he came void of any training. He was desperate for attention. Uh, he, He was malnourished because he couldn't feed himself. And I want you to look at Kelvin. This is just after a few months. Would you look at that precious face? Is that a precious boy? And come to find out, Kelvin's smart. So sweet-natured, he just needed some love. He needed some attention. And so this is Kelvin today. Go forward. That, that's Kelvin with his mother. She's quite ill. And if she goes on, we will receive Kelvin. Into the, we'll build another bed and get some mattresses and bring him into our home. This is Margaret. Jerry, her mother is was mentally ill, and she had 
four children. We have all four in Heritage Leadership Academy. All the children are of a sound mind. Their grandmother was raising them and fighting just to keep these children alive. When Margaret came, that's the grandmother, when Margaret came, oh, she was angry. She was a fighter. She recognized no authority in her life whatsoever. Uh, And she was an angry child, selfish, self-centered, in survival mode, hungry, malnourished. But I want you to go forward or maybe backward, go backward. That's, that's Margaret today. It's just amazing what the love of God, and the teachers have worked with her, but what the love of God and the, the word of God, and teaching her that God loves her, she's gained a lot of security. And we found she's very smart and a leader. We're, we're working with Margaret to be a leader. Go forward. Yes, and forward. And this is our bus provided by Dr. Jerry Savell. We're so grateful for this bus. And the kids are so proud when that bus pulls up and they just march onto that bus. You know, it really makes them somebody in their community. Go forward. And this uh, was actually taken at the end of the year. This woman, Norma Morris, is a Christian Montessori educator. I wanted her to come and evaluate our school. This was our first year to take in three-year-olds, have the Montessori curriculum. This was our first year to do that. Norma couldn't say enough. By the grace of God, she was thrilled with what she saw that we were doing. And the kids, she just found them beautiful. She said, Carla, it can take years to do what you've done in one year. Because see, what are you doing? You're establishing your system. You're establishing heart infrastructure. You're establishing the infrastructure for the soul where we learn. And uh, the children were so well-mannered and well-behaved. And she said it usually takes years to get to this point that has happened in one year in your school. And we know that's the anointing. So we've become friends. And she has really been so helpful to us. Do you see the guy on the right with the circle? This is back in the Budalongi days. I didn't tell you that story. When we started working with orphans, Peter Omala, on the right, came from a polygamous family. His father had many wives, 15 children. His father died. Peter was destined to be a fisherman. He heard about the work we were doing with orphans and the school we had built. This was way out in the bush, and he came and asked us to take him in. He walked away from the boat one day walked to our orphanage in Budalongi and said, will you take me in? Now go forward. This is Peter this year. Peter graduated from university, and he is qualified now to teach 
high school math and physics. But he could have been a fisherman. And he's so evangelistic. He's in uh, an evangelistic program right now. But Peter is such a son of my heart. And this is the party we had for him uh, to celebrate his graduation. It's nighttime, y'all. It's hard to get a good picture at night in Africa. But I, I hope you can see what a handsome, lovely young man he is. Go forward. This is Joyce Oduya in our Budalongi days. I mean, things were tough then. We were dealing with so much. And uh, you, you can just see Joyce was this way. Yeah, when we got her. I mean, she had come up with so many challenges. Go forward. This is Joyce in November of 2019. She graduated from nursing school. She is now a registered nurse. And would you look at that smile as opposed to this attitude? Look at that smile. Joyce is such a delight and a lovely Christian girl. Go forward. This is, in the middle, uh, Mercia Kenyi. We're in Budalongi. That's what Budalongi looked like. And we're, we're there. We had sent her away to school, to high school. She's back for a break, and the kids are welcoming her home. The Boda Boda, you see the dust swirl on the left. That's the motorcycle that dropped her off. We call them picky pickies in Kenya, not motorcycles. This is Joyce in that party we had in November. And she graduated in 2019 with a degree in biology. And she qualified for her master's. And she's been taken under the wing of one of our church members who's a Ph.D. in food biology, and she's mentoring Joyce to come alongside her. So that was our part of our celebration that night. Go forward, please. Yep, there's our celebration picture. Would you look at those smiles? Aren't they the best? Hallelujah. It was a great night. Go forward. And these are some of the children we've gotten this year. And their each one has such a story. I don't have time to tell you. The little girl in the pink dress in the middle is HIV positive. We got her two years ago. Such a story. Her mother died of AIDS, had eight children. We got four of them and were able to keep four of the children together. That girl is brilliant. She is absolutely brilliant. And um, I'm believing God has healed her of HIV AIDS. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go forward, please. These are some of our older guys in times past. They were these this high. But they're in uh, preparing to enter. Some of them are entering high school next year. We have to send them away to boarding school when they're this age. We're on the British system. To get a good education there, you go to boarding school. 
If God gives me length of days and finances, partners, I'll build a high school. But right now, to go to high school, we send them away. Go forward, please. These are some of our girls hanging out. Every one of them has a story, but they're such wonderful girls. You've seen them in pictures in years past, and they're growing up so beautifully. Go forward. Yeah, that's Sarah and Fiona, two of the four children we got from a family of eight children. Go forward, please. These are the two Turkana girls we got in late December, and they look different than than uh, any other children I've had. And the older one has really suffered a lot, um, and uh, I'm just believing, and I know the anointing of God is going to transform both of their lives. Go forward, please. And this. Something I thought I would mention to you, one of our major outreaches is Kenya Secondary Christian Fellowship. And I guess I'm I'm at the end. Mr. Odingo, Joseph Odingo, is the General Secretary of Kenya Student or Secondary Christian Fellowship. Kenya's the only, he told us in November, Kenya's the only nation in the world that has a government-sponsored program to go into high schools and evangelize students. We're the only nation. He told us, we were just shocked, we're a great supporter of KSCF. He said, you're the only church that has me come in every year and cast vision. I was just stunned. that. So we're vitally involved in that. Pastor Justin and others have participated with us in the camps, the KSCF camps, and all volunteer. But last year, we won just members of our church going into high schools. We won 4,235 high school students to the Lord. Now, I've shared with Pastor Justin, it's my vision and my heart to put three full-time evangelists on staff. Why wouldn't I? Because in 2019, our member, Gladys Mukami, in the yellow blazer, Mr. Odingo made her the director over all of Kenya. She's their only employee my church members, their only employee, she's the director over all of Kenya for the meetings. So that means our church can go anywhere in Kenya and uh, Gladys can send us anywhere. And Pastor Justin, I need some full-time evangelists to reap this harvest, to see soul saves. Do you know, statistically, if you're not born again, Before you graduate from high school, you will never, 82% will never be born again. If you're not born again by the time you graduate from high school, 82% will never be born again. Think of that. I was 29 when I was born again, and I know how 
miraculous that was. I'd been to university. I thought I didn't even believe in God and how God got hold of me because my Pentecostal neighbor, next door neighbor, who I thought was crazy, kept praying for me. She kept praying for me, and Jesus broke through in my life. And so I think this is an amazing harvest field that that has opened up to us in a greater way than ever before. Heritage of Faith, my time is up. So I'm going to say amen on my presentation to you this year. But may I pray for you before I sit down and give it to Pastor Justin. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Pastor Justin and Annette, for their precious staff, for Heritage of Faith Church, that they will have a heart, the anointing, the will, the means, the provision to be more useful to you in 2019 than ever before in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees says, Heritage of Faith, I love you, love you, love you. Thank you so much, Pastor Justin. Thank you, Pastor Carla.